0: All right, so over the past you, I'd say six months, you know, God's kind of had us on a journey, not kind of, but he has, you know, as far as really uh, rediscovering church and uh, understanding what it is that he is uh, up to and what he is doing, and so um, we have uh, sought to to faithfully join him in that process and make the adjustments that he has made. uh, called us to make. And uh, for some of us, it's uh, been a little bit uncomfortable. For others, you know, it's welcomed. Others uh, are, you know, going, what are you talking about? And so we're we're, we're encouraging you to, to pray. You know, I'm kidding. Uh, all right. So if somebody were to approach you since we've been in this process and just said, okay, what's the purpose of the church? How would you answer that? You know, well you know what's the purpose of the church uh and i I believe that uh I'll pause right just for what are you thinking what are you thinking okay now you formulated something there, but there are a lot of right answers to 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 the purpose of the church, but the reality is is that you and I meet people every day i I, I meet people that that say you know uh, I'm a little bit intrigued by by Jesus you know you're telling me the story of jesus and 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 i'm I'm interested there, but but man, I could never, I could never be a part of a church. You know, I could never see myself as far as being a part of a church, or or even those people that we run across every day, almost, are, are professing believers and followers of Christ who say, "Yes, I believe in Jesus," you know, and I worship Him, you know, but I just don't, I don't do church. I just don't do church. So. It's in this process that, that we really need to allow God to continue to, to fine-tune our understanding of, of what it is to be the church and, and the purpose of the church. You know, is, is the purpose of the church just simply to make and grow disciples? You know, if that's the answer, yes, but it could be that, you know, God wants us to make and grow disciples so that the church can be what He intended it to be. It's in Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to ask you to turn there. Ephesians chapter 3, we're just going to look at two verses. Uh, We're going to reach back after looking at those verses and kind of do a big overview of the book of Ephesians. But Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Here's the Apostle Paul talking to the believers there at Ephesus as he's telling them about the mystery of the gospel. Now he begins in verse 10. Where he says, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is God's word for us today. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come and to gather and Lord Jesus to sit at your feet and and to to be hearers of your word, but Lord, our heart cry is to be doers of your word as well. And then, Lord, as we are in your presence today, uh, we do acknowledge that it is your blood that has transformed us, there's power in that blood, and today Lord it is even more essential that 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 we that we open our hearts and our eyes to you and respond to your leadership today as as we gather around your table at the end of our time together for you have made it clear through your word and through the apostle paul that we're not to treat this lightly it's not a tradition it's not something we check off but it is It is a reminder that you are here. It is your table. We center our lives, uh, our very existence on you, Lord Jesus. And so we we examine ourselves. We ask you, O Holy Spirit, to examine us and to show us how you would have us to respond. In confession, in repentance, in joy. All that you may be glorified may as a result of the day, we know you better and love you more, and we make it our prayer in Jesus name amen okay we 're going to take this passage, which uh, for years it 's been a, a little mystery and, and it 's you know rightly so because so often in the in the book of Hebrews, Paul is talking about the mystery of the gospel, and so it 's a little mysterious for us, and yet uh, we're going to look at three components of this. And, and here's number one, spiritual powers, spiritual powers and spiritual beings. You know, um, you know here's a question, you know, that's been posed and uh, you've heard it. Are we alone in this universe? Hmm. There's a lot of speculation, on, you know, on that. Are we alone in the universe? You know, and, and movies have taken advantage of that, you know, and it's fun to think about, especially Steven Spielberg. You know, years ago, most of you remember that precious little creature, E.T., you know, who, um, who could ride his bicycle across the moon, and, and, and his heart's desire was to phone home. That's what every, that, that is a perfect depiction of every teenager whose heart's desire is to constantly fall home. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it doesn't really always work out that way when it, whenever we think about, are we alone? You know, oftentimes it's, it's not that cute and cuddly. You know, it is more devastating and destructive, you know, like Independence Day with Will Smith. You know, and all the aliens, you know, they're coming. And remember in the movie, all the people, you know, in in New York, they're on the top of the high rises and they're having parties waiting to welcome the aliens. And yet what came was doom and destruction. So I don't, don't, I'm not going to answer all the questions as far as, you know, all that's concerned. But I can say, according to God's word, we are not alone. There are living creatures, spiritual beings and, and, and Ephesus was absolutely the center for practicing magic and You go back and you study and you 'll see that they, they had that there was a lot of literature and, and, and information on you know, magical stuff, but in order to you know, to protect their families or to help their business out or to bring you know, harm on a neighbor or whatever the case it was you know, but there was, a, there was this leaning to knowing that that we're not alone. C.S. Lewis captures that reality. And uh, how many C.S. Lewis fans do we have here? How many of you read it like the funny papers? <laughs> no, kind of difficult stuff. Um, the screw tape, screw tape letters. Anybody read that? You know, screw tape letters, a great, great piece of literature where, you know, you've got the senior devil that's coaching the junior devil on how to trip up young Christians, how to get them off, you know, the mark. And there's so many practical things there that if you've never read it, uh, get ready, buckle up. But I would encourage you to do that. But, you know, he acknowledges, you know, the, the existence of, of Satan and all of his de- demons. And, and, and in, that, in that writing, he says there are two equal and opposite mindsets, you know, number one, that are very dangerous. Number one is not to believe, N- not to believe that, you know, the demons and the devil exist. But the other uh, extreme is an unhealthy and obsessive interest in that. So we're not going to go on either one of those. But in America, you know, we can fall prey to, you know, if, it, if we can't see it, then then it's not really real. We, we, we focus so much on the tangible, but the Bible helps us to understand that that's not a right mentality. Because we see throughout the pages of the Bible that, These spiritual beings uh, accomplishing God's purposes. Angels announcing Jesus' um, coming and his birth. After Jesus on earth, demons that are uh, in people possessing, just wreaking havoc in people's lives until Jesus casts those demons out. Even God himself in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God what? The Holy Spirit. In the old days, it was always the Holy Ghost. And so there are spiritual beings, and God wants us to be aware of that. You know, not old, overly obsessive on that. He wants us to understand that Jesus, you know, those three, three words, I've got it. Jesus has got it. And he's got us as followers of his. But there are spiritual powers and spiritual beings. And in this particular passage and and throughout the Bible, it helps us to understand what he's saying here. He says, His intent was now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. The Bible helps us understand that all of these, all of these spiritual powers and authorities, you know, uh, make their dwelling p- place uh, in the heavenly realms. Now, that can be a little bit confusing because you go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" You know, I thought heaven was, you know, perfect and there's going to be no pain and and uh, and, uh, and having all these uh, bad, you know, beings up there doesn't sound like heaven to me. Well, I mean. You know we we simplify a lot of things in, in our english and and the reality is we could go back we can go back to Genesis to where it says, "God created what the heavens and the earth and so we can kind of look at it as as this now you know at the end of time when Jesus comes back, he's going to come and he's going to there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth that he is going to establish, and so that's where we'll ultimately be, but for now for now. You know, and heaven, you know, is a pretty, pretty big space. It's like somebody saying, well, you, where do you live? And you say, well, I live, I live in America. Well, I mean, like, where in America? You know, so there's an expansive space. So when we think of what, what God has accomplished for us, and, and we're going to look at a couple of these verses, you know, we can just be, be, be okay that God's got this. Even if we don 't fully comprehend and understand it, but so you know we can kind of look at the God created the heavens and the earth, but then we can look at other passages of the Bible, like over in Philippians chapter two, one of our uh you just favorite passage of scripture, where it 's talking about Jesus and and how he would have us have the same attitude of jesus christ and and we've spent a good bit of time as a church on this lately and and humbling ourselves before Him. But it goes on to say in verse 9, Therefore God exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, where? In heaven, where else? On earth, where else? Under the earth. So now we got kind of like a three-story you know a building here. We got the heavens, we got earth and under the earth and under the earth is where the dead are. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, go back to Ephesians chapter 1 verses 20 and 21. Look at that 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 uh passage right there. It says When it's talking about what God has accomplished for us, it says, "...the power is like the working of His mighty Spirit which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly realms." So, God, you know, Jesus is seated in the heavenly realms, and it goes on to say, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So here's Jesus. He is seated in the heavenly realms where all these other beings, spiritual powers, good and bad, are, but he is high above, far above, large and in charge. In the heavenly realms. That's the, and that's where God has seated Jesus. Now, in chapter 2, let's take a look at us, where we are in this picture. Verse 6, chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So, spiritually, we are seated with Christ. It's like this special place. He's saying, hey, you come sit here. I've got this. All is good. All is good because I am high above, far above all power and all dominion. And so there's spiritual powers. And and, and he's saying uh, we need to acknowledge that and understand that ultimately and at our very core, we are spiritual beings. And don't just live in the flesh or for the flesh. So there's spiritual powers. And then the second thing is, Uh, is what this is pointing out is this universe united, not Atlanta united, universe united. Go back to chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Chapter 1, 9 and 10. It says, And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times have reached their full fulfillment to what? To bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. So he's saying this is what he's made known. He revealed this mystery that according to God's pleasure, that he put this in effect to bring all things together. God's grand plan is that we would live in unity and undivided for all eternity. And and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. How many of you love division? You love conflict? I mean, you love you know the pain and suffering and fighting. How many of you just love that? We're gonna ask you to come forward in the the service and you're gonna get twenty five hugs from Evan. And and a lot of prayer from the rest of us. Yeah. No, the reality is we don't. We don't like that. And so he's saying, he's this is this is what God is working toward. The universe, all being united. Can you imagine that? I mean, you just in this small group right here, there's there's so much. I mean, you can't get. A, we could probably name any subject, and we'd probably we'd differ on on some aspects of it. Uh, you know but perfect unity this this is God's grand plan everything united because Jesus is over all and it says there everything in heaven and earth there will be a day when you know all opposition will be squashed all rebellion and there will be perfect unity that's God's eternal purpose everything's moving in that direction that's what this passage is saying and so we see that that's the future that he is laying out there. This is where God's working. This is what we are about. But what, the question is, what about now? Okay, God, that's the future. That's God's eternal purpose. But what about now, February the 5th, 2023, right here in Roswell, Georgia? Well, you know, what's God's purpose? What's God's plan? That brings us to the third component of this. So we got spiritual powers. We got universe united, and now we got beautiful church. Beautiful church. Look what he's saying. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities and in, in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. The plan is for us to make known God's purpose. And it's not just the folks here, but God's God's pleasure, God's plan is that we would make known God's eternal purpose to the spiritual powers in the heavenly realms. That's staggering. Think about that. You know, how, how are we going to make the future known, the culmination of, uh, of God's kingdom? How are we going to make that known to them? I think at least a couple of ways that God's in his, in his manifold wisdom. Number one is by the very existence of the church. Uh, it's just by our existence. As one person said, you know, we can't see them, but they can see us. They can see us. And so God wants us to understand that we are like a a scale model, the church, you know, of all that God is doing. You know, you've seen uh, big developments or something like that. They'll have a, you know, scaled down model where you can look at and kind of get perspective. And, and, and that's, that's, that's what God is, is saying, that we are as a church. And in and, and verse 6, look at verse 6 with me. And so when we're thinking about what it means to be the church, we bring all this into account, but he goes in verse 6, This mystery... Is that the gospel, that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs, together with Israel, members together of one body, and shares together in the promise of God. So here's what he's saying is that the church is a reflection that Jesus died for all. And that he wants the church to be a reflection of of his eternal purpose right here, right now, where we are. people from different backgrounds people from different cultures red yellow black and white whatever is reflected in in the in the area in which we live he said this is what this is what my church should look like and it says there i like that word manifold wisdom that that word manifold really carries with it like like multi, it's, it's kind of like Joseph's uh, coat of many col- colors. It's, it's it's a multifaceted. It's like a diamond. You know, you look at a diamond and there's brilliance and it shines and and it's beautiful because it's got all these different angles and you know it's just not not any one of them are are the same. So there's this brilliance that comes from it, and so God didn't create us so that we could you know just be uh, you know. Uh, hanging out with folks that look like us and act like us and think like us. No, God created us to be the bride, the beautiful bride of Christ. And what makes it beautiful is whenever there's this mark of God's diversity. And that only comes about whenever we see people as God sees them. And we love people as God loves them. You know... Any of y'all, some of y'all have done this, but, you know, I, don't, I think you know, I've got the right, to, a patchwork quilt, you know, is that what you call it, patchwork quilt? Pat, okay. We're running with that right now, but, you know, it's 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 like a patchwork quilt, you know, and you got all these square, squares of fabric that are really useless on their own. And yet, when you've got the creator bringing these together, if you've got somebody that's, you know, a seamstress or that, that is uh, really skilled at this, it can be a beautiful, beautiful garment. That's what God is doing. And he wants us to understand that really, like a patchwork quilt, we're kind of useless on our own because he created us for relationships. He created us for community. The church is God's patchwork quilt we you've heard it said that you know the church should be a foretaste of heaven anybody kind of heard that thought that foretaste of heaven yes but much more what this passage is saying is that we are a message to heaven we should be a demonstration to heaven of the future that one day one day all will be united under the lordship and headship of jesus christ that's a mouthful how many history majors we got out there? Anybody? How many was horrible at history? How many was okay at history? How many enjoy history? Well, you know, okay, um I you know if I had it to all do it over again, I w- you know I wouldn't spent two and a half years in pre-benterary medicine i would 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 have I would have had a major in history or psychology or, and a minor in one or the other. Uh, history you've heard it said that if you don't know history you're what doomed to repeat it <laughs> um, you know but if you look back at history you'll see that so much of history is is about the VIPs you know the kings and the queens and, and the presidents and the, and the generals all these power people that you know that shaped culture and, and that shaped history but you read the bible and it's it's about his story. This is his story. And people, the people to look at are not the VIPs, but what he's saying right here is the church. To look at the church. To get a picture of all that God is doing. You've had those uh, times that you've recorded something or on 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 TV that you wanted to watch, maybe a sporting event or whatever the case was, or or, or um, something was delayed. And, you know, s- something happening overseas there, and and, uh, and uh, broadcaster will say, "Hey, sp- spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Okay, now, if you don't want to know the score, you, you just cl- you turn your head and uh, you know close your ears right now. Uh, spoiler alert!" Spoiler alert, God is saying that to the spiritual powers, if you do want to know the score, then you look down there right now and what you will see is the ending. You look down there right now. His intent was that now through the church that His manifold wisdom would be made known that all that God was bringing together into perfect unity. That's the reason it's kind of important for us to really understand that it's so much more than just, you know, showing up and just checking something off or, or, you know, attending. No, 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 no. This is God's plan. This is God's plan. I don't know what you had planned for church, what you want for church. This is what God says. I've created my church. So that the very spiritual powers in the heavenly realms can look down and see the culmination of all my glory. And that involves unity. That involves love. That involves diligence on our part. See, I believe these verses are the very heart of Ephesians that helps us understand you know, the chapters 1 through 3, chapters 1, 2, 3. Paul is saying, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Why are you living a defeated life? You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing, everything that you need. Jew and Gentile united to God and each other. We are one in Him. It also explains why in chapters 4 through 6 that he just really gets down on our lifestyles, on on our love and our service to one another, our commitment to unity to one another. And so much of what we see in in cultural Christianity today is so foreign to this. It's more uh, consumeristic Christianity. And Paul says, no, 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 no. You need to understand it's his story, not your story. He has invited us into this uh, to unlock the church so that in the heavenly, even in the heavenly realms, God's glory is reflected. We are God's showcase. And we have the privilege and the responsibility as followers of his to function in a way that would bring him glory and that would reveal to the spiritual powers in the heavenly realms God's glory, God's eternal purpose, what the very ending that God is working toward. That's some that's some big time stuff, isn't it? Now let's get practical. Um if listen, if you're if you're not a a part of the church, I mean, you know, you know jump on in. You know, because that's, a, that's exactly what God, God wants, is, is for people from every different experience, every background to come to know and experience him. And he wants the local church to be a reflection, you know, of the community to say, you are loved and you are accepted. And God loves you and he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And as we join together as a church, we are we are working for his story, not just for ours. That's the reason it's important as we say um, as, as followers of Christ uh, and as members of the body of Christ, it is so imperative that that we that we understand how God has shaped us and that we are clearly. Uh, we are clear and concise about the fact that God wants us to all minister in the church. We need to each have a ministry in the church and a mission in the world as God is accomplishing his story. And so uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to be taking a, a closer look at that and, and giving you and me an opportunity for us to, to kind of relook at how God has shaped us to see how he would have us serve a ministry in the church and a mission in the world. And that's one of the ways that, that we are united. is when we lock arms, not just as attenders, but you know, when we are following the gifting of the Holy Spirit, the passions of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we are serving in a way that makes his church beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, let me, let me break it on down even more practically. One of the one of the one of one of the teams here at Crosspoint that helps make things beautiful and that, that I'm thankful for is our clean team. Uh, woo! Let's give it up for the clean team. So, I had lunch with Roy and Helen uh, this past uh, this past week, and what'd you say? You're up to eight or nine, nine folks on you know on, on the clean team, and you go with well, that? Whoa! 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 You know, I mean, uh, there's some cleaning I'm thinking that's going on at your house. You know, I, I think so. I mean, it's just a practical thing that's got to be done. And, and by the fact that we have a clean team saves us thousands and thousands of dollars every year. And it's just a, a servant-hearted deal. And and so um, just I just want to uh, just say thank you, clean team, those of you that, you know, just out of you know, out of sight, out of mind. I mean, but they they are here uh, uh, every other week, and and all of the all of the cross point space is cleaned, and they do an excellent job. She was telling me that if we, they had to, you know a couple more folks, they could actually now have two teams to where now you only serve once a month, once a month. And so, I just want to challenge you as we're going through this process. you consider, is this God this where you want how you want me to serve the body here? Uh, another one that God is working on now, and because he's made this aware is our community care team that's just in the new formations of this I mean because there's so much need out there have you Have you noticed there's a lot of need out there, so much need out there that it can be absolutely overwhelming, and yet um there's just a a godly prayed about process. God is bringing together this team to to and it's working beautifully. But I want you to be praying for that. But some of the need that's out there is you know people that you know have you know just practical, tangible needs, financial needs, or you know job needs, or housing needs, or transportation, all kind of stuff. And by the way, you know recently we've had a lot of folks that uh, had you know need for housing, you know, and so we've had folks in our church open up. You know their their house, and just saying, you know for a week or two weeks, or whatever the case is, you know you, you know we're going to be, like Acts two, we're going to show hospitality. And so that's one of the other things that, that we're going to be talking about. I want you to be praying about. You go, "Well, that's just weird having some people stay in your house. Yeah, uh, but we are blessed to what to be a blessing. And some of you are in a position to where you can do that. And you'll be blessed by that. So, you know, things like that. Um, other resources, you know, as far as some of the needs uh, of just being able to find resources out there, you know, for people that are in need. But uh, be praying for, for the community care team. Prayer. This prayer time that, that we've initiated, you know, before, there, there are things, because we are acknowledging there are spiritual powers out there that are working hard to prevent, what god is wanting to accomplish in this community and in the lives of people that he is drawing to the church is like an invisible barrier out there and some of this that some of this stuff will not be broken through except through prayer through prayer so you know it may be that god is raising you up to become one of our prayer warriors or at least join us on sunday mornings you know to come early to prepare our hearts Listen, I've been convicted so many times. I just, you know, come in here thoughtlessly and thinking I can worship a holy God. Wow. So prayer, giving, the, the, the stuff that's going on, the stuff that, that, that God is doing in and through the church, I mean, it, take, it takes finances. You know, and so we've got faithful followers of Christ who are giving, you know, to the ministry. And to others through this ministry, and uh, you know, if if you're not giving, you pray about it. If you think that's all we care about, do, do, go to some other church and then give there. But you know, you've always heard it: follow the money, follow the money. If it's all coming toward me, then it's not about his story; it's about my story. And in our groups, we're going to have an opportunity to talk about well, how does God's purpose from the church differ from what I want from the church, and what does God need to do to bring those together? Uh, Our prayer is that everything that we do is not just to, you know, be busy. We don't want leaves of activity, but fruit of righteousness. Uh, Even this marriage conference that's coming up this next weekend uh, that Pastor Aaron was telling you about. Listen. there's some of you that you've got it all together. Well, please come anyway to rub off on some of us that don't. You know, just come. And it's, you know, again, it's about unity. Um, it's about just acknowledging, you know, uh, what God has given us. And the closer we are to the Lord, the closer we are to, to one another. Um, my prayer is that we as a body of Christ here would join with God in making his manifold wisdom known so that as those powers look down, they go, that's a foretaste of what's coming. Would you pray with me? Father God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to to come into your presence here. We thank you that through your word that you, wow, this is lofty. We can't do this. But you never ask us to. You've said that you've given us everything that we need through your presence and through your spirit. And Jesus, we celebrate your presence today. Um, You invited your church uh, to come to your table as a reminder of all that you have done and that. You have called us to be and do. Lord, we just thank you as we uh, acknowledge that this is your table. It's not just a tradition. We acknowledge that as we come to these two very common uh, objects, the bread and the cup, it's something that anybody anybody uh, could afford it's for everybody Lord I pray that today that you would remind us of the of your sacrifice of how much your love for us cost you and Lord that right now that we would be willing to just humble ourselves before you And allow you through your Holy Spirit to examine us. To make sure that we're not creating our tradition. But Lord, that we are coming as you would have us to come to your table. And you're all about unity. You're all about relationship. And so if, Lord, there's any... uh, if there's any spirit of, of bitterness or unforgiveness or if there's any attitude or anything, Lord, that, that we are carrying with us that is not pleasing to you, Lord, you've shown us how to make that right. You know, confess it to you. And, and if there's someone we've offended or uh, someone we've avoided, God, just for us to go to them before we come to your table. This is a powerful, powerful opportunity for us to allow you to continue to unite us and make us that beautiful bride, that beautiful church, that the spiritual authorities and powers in heaven can look down and see this is what's coming. This is what's coming. God, I do pray your blessings on the bread. this bread that reflects and is representative of your body that was given for us. And Lord, I pray your blessings on the cup as we receive it, which you said this is uh, the new covenant. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. And pray that through your spirit and through your presence that you unite us and that you fill us with your power and grace. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.